Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, March 11th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's podcast by Slash Film Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer Y. Tran Bui. Hey, everyone. All right, guys. So I want to apologize to the listeners for yesterday. Uh, we did not have a podcast episode yesterday. I was actually, I got sort of called away uh, to write up to attend a virtual tour of the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures, which is opening this fall in LA. So I had to write a whole thing about that and watch this presentation. And it was a whole deal. So anyway, uh, I think it's it's my fault that we didn't have an episode yesterday. But um, that article came out yesterday. And it's good. And you can read it. And I'll link to it in the show notes. If you want to learn more about that Academy Museum, I encourage you to go do that. So for today's episode, uh, guys, I was really like scouring, you know, what everything we pub- published over the past couple days, looking for stuff with good uh, talking points for us. And there really isn't a lot of uh, podcast worthy news out there. The only thing that I thought might be interesting for a quick discussion today is uh, some comments from Jack Schaefer, who is the head writer slash showrunner of uh, Marvel Studios and Disney Plus's WandaVision, which uh, came to an end this past weekend. Um, so this is going to be a spoiler-filled conversation about the very end of WandaVision. So if you've not listened, this is your last chance to turn the podcast off, uh, go watch that show, and then come back and tune into this. So um, at the risk of speaking for way too long, I'm going to read you guys some quotes from Jack Schaefer, and then uh, I want to get your reactions to that. Actually, before we do that, uh, HT, I want to just ask you, because I don't think I've had a chance to get your thoughts about this. I know Brad spoke with Peter about it on Friday's episode. Um, but what did you think about the finale of WandaVision? Did it satisfy you? What, what did you make of it? I was a little dis- disappointed in it for reasons that um, I guess I haven't really talked about WandaVision a lot on the podcast, actually. Uh, but I always felt like the the emotional beats um, were should have been given more focus throughout the series versus the Marvel world building and lore building. And I feel like the finale attempted to wrap up 
too many threads at once. And in the end, it felt almost like the emotional beats, which were so good throughout the season, were kind of given the shorthand in even more so the Marvel stuff. Like the sword stuff just kind of got just wrapped up very quickly. So mm-hmm. it, in the end, I think tried to bite off a little bit more than it could chew and ended up being uh, a little bit of a mess. But I did enjoy parts of it. I really enjoyed um, Wanda and seeing Wanda and Vision's arc wrap up. And um, even though I disliked the, the fact that it ended up in one big Marvel, very Marvel-looking fight in the air, that was probably mm-hmm. my least favorite part of the episode. But I liked some of the moments, the the emotional beats did land well enough uh, for Wanda, even if she does get off a little bit scot-free in the end. And um, the ship of Theseus scene with, with Vision uh, really appealed to me. <laughs> Yeah, that was great stuff. For reasons that I, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll probably see why. <laughs> <But> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was, I, I liked a lot, a lot of moments of it. And like, that's, I think, kind of the extent of what I felt about WandaVision. I liked a lot of moments together. It didn't co- totally cohere as much as it could have. But um, for some for some of that, I felt like the missed potential was almost a little bit worse. But um, I still think that this was shown as an overall, was like one of the most ambitious things uh, and high concept things that Marvel has tackled. Yeah, absolutely. That's very well said. I, I think I fully agree with every single thing you just said there. Um, okay, so I'm going to read you guys uh, th- these quotes from Jack Shaver. She uh, did an interview with Cinema Blend recently, and they asked her about uh, White Vision and the fate of that character. So just a very, very quick recap. Um, th- that ship of Theseus discussion that HT mentioned uh, right after the uh, Wanda's vision basically sort of, um, you know, breaks the White Vision's brain a little bit and, and sort of... Uh, imbues him with all of the memories of the original vision uh white vision says i am vision and then he immediately flies away he like bursts through this this overhead uh, glass panel and just disappears um so uh jack schaefer told cinema blend that's not the man that wanda had children with that's not the one who's been in the sitcom world uh, with him uh that's not the one she said goodbye to on a hill in wakanda that's the body and the data so for the purposes of me and my job on the show what i focus on where he ends up is an afterthought to the story proper uh vision's whole thing is identity his whole thing is i was a voice and then i was a body and now i'm a memory there's a constant sort of self-analysis of what am i so to me it doesn't feel like a marvel cheat of like now there's another one out there it actually feels very very right so um I just wanted to sort of open this up to you guys. I wrote an article about this uh, at SlashFilm.com. I will link to that in the show notes. But I wanted to see what you guys think about specifically that statement. Do you guys uh, buy her logic there? Or do you sort of feel like the creation of this white vision and and him being imbued with the original memories is kind of a Marvel cheat? Um, Brad, let's start with you. I think it ultimately depends on what is done with the white vision as a character. Because from... From Schaefer's perspective, I mean, she she's right. Like, she she doesn't need to be concerned with the fate of White Vision or even where he goes after that uh, because he, his character arc isn't important necessarily to Wanda's character arc because, like she says, that's not the, you know, the vision where, you know, her this story unfolded and how she's been mm-hmm. this, this spending this time. But it's, I think, what's what maybe takes away from that perspective a little bit is having this other vision out there who does have the memories of everything that happened leading up to uh, his death in infinity war. um, You would think that that would still be a, 
viable companion for Wanda in some fashion. And um, and even if that's that's something that is maybe too weird for Wanda to embrace because that vision doesn't have the memory of all the things that happened in uh, WandaVision, at, you know, as a faux sitcom, it still leaves the open the idea of that this character can come back around at any point and it's still a pretty powerful synthesoid being. So maybe it's a character who comes back and after like discovering self himself becomes part of the new Avengers, if that's something that becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make me curious as to, you know, what the dynamic between a character like that and Scarlet Witch uh, would be like. But I think that there's, there's so much that will probably happen between now and whenever that would happen that it's, it's tough to, I think even speculate or know for sure what can be done with uh, with White Vision and any other character in the MCU? Yeah, um, HD. What did you think about White Vision's uh, disappearance and Schaefer's comments here? Do you think this was uh, like warranted and and um, not that big of a deal, or do you did it feel like it it robbed the show WandaVision of a little bit of its emotional stakes by sort of creating? within this world a sort of uh you know like off ramp where <laughs> where the the memories of vision actually live on in a in a uh you know more tactile way i did feel like it was a thread that was dropped uh with surprising um like little thought surprisingly little thought and i i know what jack Schaefer is saying that this is not the, the vision that she that Wanda knows, the one that she had her children with. And I think there has been some some great analysis of like these two visions and how the vision in uh, Wanda's hex is kind of the soul of vision, the one that she remembers her memory of him. And but the one that uh, the white vision is just the body, the shell. Um, and even though it has memories is not somewhat the, the character that she grew to love. And I, although I have, I do have to ask, what, how would you guys define exactly a Marvel cheat? This was the one thing in Jack Chafer's uh, statement that I wasn't sure exactly what to make of because I was, I'm not sure how you, exactly you would define a Marvel cheat. Is this something that like is in service to the greater Marvel lore and is something that's just kind of leading to a next story, or is it just something that feels like it's a cheat in the way that Marvel uh, doesn't quite land a lot of its stakes well because it it doesn't let a lot of his characters die. I think that the, that the referring to it as a Marvel cheat is this idea that characters die, have an emotional impact and then end up coming back. And that I think that this isn't part of that because the, the vision that lives on isn't the vision that Wanda truly had a connection with within this, within this arc. So like a lot of times other characters have died, but they've actually, you know, come back or been, still been around in some capacity. Um, and I think that that's I, that. And to me, that's what she's talking about here. Yeah, okay, I, yes. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that then too. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it does feel like a little bit of a cheat to me because even in this altered form, he still this white vision still does have the memories, and like there is a way now for like Brad said, like theoretically, Wanda could you know meet back up with this this version of Vision and have a heart to heart with them and, and um, you know, engage with this person in a way that might not be exactly the same as her previous relationship with the other vision, but it could uh, potentially get there, you know, by, by 
you know, it might be a little awkward at first or something. Um, they might have to work out the kinks, but I, I feel like it does sort of, um, yeah, take away from some of the power that this show wants to have in its finale episode. Like that uh, conversation between Wanda and her version, her recreation of Vision in the hex as the, you know, as they're standing there in the house at the very end and the hex is coming toward them and shrinking. It really like that is one of the most powerful moments of the show so far. And it got me really, I mean, I was, I was sort of swept away in that right up until that moment where, you know, vision basically says like, I will, you know, I've been this, I've been that, I guess I'll be something else sometime. And then like almost looks at the camera and winks like, all right, see you later audience. Like I'll be back again someday. And it just sort of, um, I I wish that they, that the show would have had the courage of its conviction convictions to just like fully close that book for Wanda. So, so that, emotional moment would have landed a little bit harder with her. And I know it's probably not Jack Schaefer's fault. I'm sure she was given a directive. Like you have to keep this, you know, this open because we need the chance to, we need the, the ability to use this white vision, however we want, you know, down the road. But um, I feel like that, I think that closure is still there. Maybe not as powerful as it could have been if white vision didn't survive. But to me, it seems like even though white vision has had his memories restored, like it's, they, they talk about how the data is there. Mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that the emotions are maybe still there because he, because white vision was created as, you know, a essentially a, a, um, a new version of vision that didn't bring emotions to the table. So he's, um, I think that he's more like, I guess you could say, you know, data, the star Trek character uh, than anything now. And so he, even with his, those, that memory restored, I'm not sure that he has the ability to feel the same emotions that, vision ended up doing when he found that connection with wanda interesting yeah i guess that could be true maybe i'm like projecting too much into like my read of what white vision could be and and i'm disappointed in something that hasn't happened yet um that that, that very well could be i think it is a reset of sorts and it could be potentially read as disappointing but i don't think it takes away from the impact of that ending of wanda Uh, and Vision seeing the hex closing around them and saying goodbye to life that they knew, the life that they knew together. And in in a sense that that relationship that Wanda had with Vision is completely gone. She's put put that to bed and it's not something that she can just pick up again with the new Vision, I think. I think even with like whatever awkwardness that we that we can expect to see, it'll be a completely different vision. I actually am interested to see how they'll um, explore ideas of personhood uh, with this new white vision, um, especially because, like Brad said, he he contains the memories and the data, but he's not he's still not vision. He's not he's not quite there yet, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think he'll ever like ever return to the vision that Wanda remembers. So I do think there's a lot of potential for Marvel to explore, uh, you know, identity and personhood with white vision in a way that I think would, could be really interesting. There's really no better character to explore those themes with too, because I mean, you know, he started as Jarvis and like, I think looking at the entirety of the MCU thus far, vision has been the character that has evolved the most, um, you know, across, I guess physically, like um, 
spiritually, if you want to call it that, like that, that character has really sort of been defined by this idea of evolution in, in so many ways. So um, it definitely makes sense. And I, I certainly see where Jack Schaefer is coming from. It just kind of, um, I don't know, I, I wanted to talk to you guys about it. And then I think you guys have raised some really interesting points that is that have sort of taken me down off the ledge a little bit uh, in terms of my, the harshness of, of my, um, you know, sort of gut gut check reaction to that finale. But um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, I'm guessing there are a lot of people that feel, you know, as we do sort of like across the the spectrum of emotions here and, and are trying to parse some of this stuff um, as, as we uh, move further into the MCU and, and potentially see this white vision character pop up at, at some point again. Um, all right. I think that's going to be it. Do you guys have any like final thoughts about the show? I'm sure we'll end up talking about it, you know, here and there uh, a little bit more as, um, Schaefer and uh, the director, Matt Shackman, continue to do some more interviews as sort of like a postmortem of the series. I'm sure some more interesting information is going to trickle out over the next week or so. But um, just in case we don't get a chance to, uh, to you know, wrap up our thoughts any any further, do you guys have any last things to say about WandaVision? Uh, HG, maybe have, you, um, since you haven't talked about it that much. I do have one final thought. It doesn't have much to do with WandaVision, but um, with White Vision again, and something that is probably not based in any actual comic book lore, but it, more based on his appearance and the potential for his character. Um, it, you know, the, the appearance of White Vision reminded me a little bit, and his countenance too, reminded me a little bit of Silver Surfer. And I thought, I wondered... This is just me like spitballing. I wondered if there is some, if like with White Vision being sort of that blank slate that he is um, and being so like alien in a way and and not used to human interaction, I wonder if they'll they'll do a sort of Silver Surfer type of approach with him in terms of that sort of almost huh. big cosmic feeling and um, knowledge, but having to learn how to be human or something i don't know that's just like me me wondering it while i was like huh he kind of looks like silver surfer i, mean, I wonder that's if that's like, something that can happen that's a great fan theory i love that idea because you know marvel has uh has shown or marvel studios rather has shown that they will tweak you know origin stories and things whatever they want to basically you know stuff from the comics they're not always you know uh slavishly like recreating things uh as they appear in the comics so like the idea of white vision becoming the mcu's version of silver surfer is, is a really cool idea i have no idea if, if that's actually in the works but i love that idea hd um brad do you have any reaction to that or, or and or any final thoughts about wandavision uh it's definitely an intriguing concept i i wonder if it strays a little too far from silver surfer and would maybe rub fans of that character the wrong way too. Oh, it certainly would. Yeah. But that's kind of part of the reason why I kind of like it just because it seems like a big swing, but yeah, yeah for sure. server fans, please don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely, I definitely like it as a, as an idea. It'd be interesting to see if they would, would do something like that. But I feel like as, even though they've definitely strayed from how things are in the comics, that feels a little, like a little too much of a departure uh, for them to actually do it. Hmm. Uh, any final thoughts about WandaVision brand? Um, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, we really dug into this episode in our spoiler discussion for the finale. So if you haven't listened to that yet, make make sure, you know, I'm, I'm not sure why you're listening to this episode, but but, <laughs> but, but yeah, make, make sure you listen, listen to that. Um, oh, HC, I, I uh, mentioned, or you talked about the Ship of Theseus scene, and I told you in our Slack that I would recommend a, a book to you and tell you a little bit more about that. Um, there is a book called S, the letter S, and I think there's a period in the title as well. Um, and it was written in 2013 by this guy named Doug Dorst. And it was based on an idea by JJ Abrams, actually. 
And the concept of this book is really interesting. And as somebody who reads a lot, HC, I think you'll like this. Um, the uh, the book S is sort of presented as this book within a book, like or a story within a book. So um, the design of the book, it's like a hardcover and you pull it out and it has a like a library uh, book card sticker thing in the front where it shows, you know, the people who've checked this out of a library. And there's a novel called Ship of Theseus. And the entire novel is fully written out as if it was this book that was published in, you know, the the 1949 or something like that. And then there are also in the margins, handwritten notes going back and forth between two characters who uh, have picked up this book and are reading it concurrently and are like trading off, um, like renting it from the library or whatever, checking it out from the library and, and putting it back and forth and writing notes to each other and communicating with each other. And there's all these like intertwined mysteries and everything. And it's very like JJ Abrams in that regard. There's like so many, um, illusions and and uh you know literary references and like tons of things that these characters that you really get to know because of their handwriting and and the way that they speak to to each other in the margins um it's just this fascinating story because the the ship of theseus book uh this full novel is like a fully like a well-written novel it's not like some gag it it really reads like something from that period and it it touches on this ship of theseus uh, idea this this thought experiment experiment that wandavision um, uh, touched on in that finale episode. Um, and it's, uh, it's really fascinating. So I, I loved this book. I read it a few years ago and, and, um, was recommending it to people a long time ago. I haven't thought about it in a while, but that whole ship of Theseus conversation really like brought back a flood of memories there. So, uh, I would recommend if anybody in our listenership as well, um, you know, was, was intrigued by that concept of the, the boat and like, when is the boat, the, the actual boat, even if it's, even if it's being rebuilt with, uh, with new parts and all that kind of stuff. Um, those ideas that, of identity that HG was talking about, uh, I would recommend checking out this book called S. So HG, if you ever get a chance to read that, you'll have to let me know what you think about it. Okay. Yeah. Sounds intriguing. Great sell, Ben. Yes. All right. Uh, I think that's going to be it. That's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Home Daily. I think tomorrow we're going to have a water cooler. Um, so don't don't hold me to that, but that's, I believe what the, the loose plan is right now. So uh, you can find more about this particular story that we mentioned, the single story that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns and mailbag topics. Please send those in to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.